0: the news, Numa Worship's first instrumental album is out on your digital platform from the 30th of October. You can search for Numa Worship Stillness Album, download all 10 tracks and you will be blessed. Hi, this is Corey Turner and along with my wife, Simone, we are the Senior Pastors of Numa Church. I wanted to thank you for listening to our podcast today. You're about to hear a message from one of our team that we pray builds your faith and empowers you to follow Jesus more closely. Enjoy the message.
1: It's a privilege and a real honor to be with you today. Um, I know that some of you are at home. Some of you may be sitting there in your PJs, having a, a coffee. Some of you may be just sort of uh, relaxing and wondering where you're going to go today, what you're going to do, and it's great to see that you've made that personal choice to be in God's place right now, in the presence of God. So thank you for the opportunity of speaking to you today. Before I uh, come to the Word of God, I just want to... For a moment, thank you for your support of missionaries. Uh, As you know, in this season that we're in, uh, it's had a devastating effect around the world. We had to bring back over 50% of our missionaries from their various locations around the planet. About half of them stayed in place and have been functioning very well in place. They've been safe in the place they were. But those that we couldn't uh, guarantee their safety and where they were in vulnerable positions, we brought them all home. And thank God for that. And God has been supplying for them and providing for them. And while they're at home, they've been actively engaged with the work that they were doing overseas. And they've been training leaders and they've been directing, you know, various activities, some of them COVID-related, some of them continuing the work that they were doing. And there's been a fantastic amount of work being done, even though our missionaries have been home in Australia. So I want to thank you for your support because we've been able to do some pretty amazing things during this season. Uh, we wondered what would happen, but honestly, I think our missionaries have discovered new ways of ministering and new ways of training and developing people, and so much has been going on. So uh, that's only possible because of the supported churches like yours. So thank you for your continued support. Keep praying for our missionaries. We recently sent back two uh, lots of missionaries, and there's another two or three that we're hoping will go out by the end of this next fortnight or three weeks. And so we are returning them to the field where possible, and. Uh, we'd like you to pray that before the end of the year, all of them will be back. They're very eager to get there, and with your prayer support, we'll achieve that. God bless you. Thank you very much for that. You know, uh, I was reading the other day um, through the book of Colossians. It was sort of just part of my daily reading, and uh, I decided at the beginning of the year what I would do is I would uh, read through the Message Bible again in my daily reading. And uh, so I came to Colossians chapter 1, verse 11, and uh, It really impressed me. I know we've read it lots of time before, but um, it, it really made an impression on me, particularly, I think, because I'm in Melbourne during this COVID season, and maybe because I'm thinking about these things, and maybe because I'm talking to people, and this thing just is on our mind and on our hearts and in our mouth all the time. It seems to be the topic of most conversations now. And this is what Paul said to the Colossians. Let me read it to you from the NIV translation first. He says, Be strengthened... With all power, according to His glorious might, so that you might have great endurance and patience. That's the way we sort of normally read it. Uh, But I was reading the Message Translation, and listen, it says, We pray that you will have the strength to stick it out over the long haul. Isn't that good? Especially for us Melbournians right now. Not the grim strength of gritting your teeth, but the glory strength God gives. Exciting. It is strength that endures the unendurable and spills over into joy, thanking the Father who made us strong enough to take part in everything bright and beautiful that He has for us. I love that. I love that because when the Apostle Paul is praying for these Colossian Christians, and I don't know what they were going through, but obviously they were facing some serious problems. He prays for them, and what he doesn't pray for them he doesn't say, I'm praying for you, you know, to, to sort of man up. I'm praying for you to be really strong. I'm praying for you to grit your teeth and get by this. You can do it, you know. All you've got to do is that you believe in yourself and you can do all things. He didn't tell them that. Actually, what he said to them is, there is a strength outside of yourself. And God is praying for that. God, Paul is praying for that God strength to come into their life. Not tell them they've got what it takes but to admit that maybe they don't have what it takes and they need God's strength to come into their life. They need a work of God in their life to get through this problem. So he's revealing to us here that we need to have a dependence on the strength of God rather than our own limited strengths. Rather than looking for people who will help us in situations and situations and answers and solutions all around about us, he's praying for them to change their perspective. Instead of looking around and looking in, he says, you've got to look up. There's where the source of your strength comes from. It comes from God. We need greater help than any human help that we can achieve on ourselves or any human help that we can find in our times of trouble. And so what he's saying fundamentally is that there is a strength outside of us. I love that idea. An outside strength, because I've got to admit to you, there are many times in life when I look within and I find, hey, hang on, I don't have what it takes. You know, and that's not a bad thing to say. I mean, that's what Moses said. That's what Gideon said. That's what many men and women of God have said throughout the Scripture. They look within. They see their human ability, and they say, you know, the problem's too big for someone like me. But then that brings us to a place where we look outside of ourselves. And we realize that nothing can be done of any really long-term effectiveness or anything really seriously that accomplishes something for the kingdom of God unless we receive something outside of our own human limited abilities. And God is there for us. Amen. And that's what I love about what Paul is saying to them. He's saying, look, you might think that you've run out of resource, that you don't have what it takes, that you're pretty thin on, on, on your endurance. But look, there's something outside of you. There's a God strength. God is in this with you. God wants to help you. God wants to put something into you that you don't have of yourself. He wants to put something from himself, an impartation of God's strength and ability into your life. So this is God, that how he works in us. And so I, I, I've been thinking about this, meditating on this, you see, because when we find ourselves in trouble, it, obviously what Paul is saying here is, when you're in trouble, God's there for you. Now, I know you might say, well, that's trite, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it might be trite, but let me tell you something. When you're in trouble, you can sometimes think God isn't there for you. You can sometimes think you're being punished. You can sometimes think that God stopped loving you. You can sometimes think that it's your fault. You've made a terrible mistake. Let me stop you. See, what Paul is saying to them is, know this. Whatever situation you're in, God is there for you. He's there for you to help you, to empower you, to strengthen you, to get you through this. God is there for you. There is a, a divine source of strength for us. A supernatural strength that comes when we're at our weakest. When we think we're at the end of the rope, there's God is there for us. There's a strength beyond our own strength. That's what Paul is telling them. He's saying, you, you, you don't have to sort of just grovel through, you know, there's something here for you, come on, reach up and get it, reach up and get it, so see, we, we you know, right now in Victoria, we're in tough times, let's face it, I mean, it's ridiculous, I mean, I won't go where I, where I would like to go, because I'm preaching here, so, but, but I want to tell you here, who would ever thought that we would be where we are now, Who would ever have thought these things would be happening around about us right now? Who ever would have thought that we'd be here like this where we can't have church together? You know, we never dreamt of this. And if we look within ourselves, we can sometimes say, you know, you know what, I, I don't think I can do this. But I want you to know that God can give you the strength to get through, to endure, and more than endure, come through to victory and success. Amen? See, the situation is that, that you don't get this strength every day of your life, okay? I'm to just point this out to you. It, it may sound a bit obvious to you, but this is the strength you get when you've run out of your own. Now, now, why don't you get it every day of your life? Well, because quite frankly, let me say this to you. You know, it is our experience that we just don't tend to think about these things. We just tend to go about our own way. We do our own things. We use our own knowledge, we use our own strength, we use our own abilities, and that's fine. That's what God made us to do. But there comes a time when we reach the limit, when we get to the bottom of the barrel, when the oil has run out, when we've got nothing and we're empty, and that's the time at which we think, that's it, I'm done. It's not the time when you're done. Because there is a resource when you've run out of resource. There's a strength when you're at your weakest. That's why the weak can say, then I am strong. Amen. It's in our weakness. So when we get to the end, we feel like we want to quit. But it's at the end that we break into something better. It's at the end when we want to quit because we are weak, that we can become the strongest we've ever been because we're going to receive a strength that's not human, a strength that comes from God himself, that outside strength. That strengthens with all might. What a, what a fantastic phrase. It's not just a little bit of strength. Strengthens with all might. Powerful. It's a, it's a powerful strength that comes from his glorious power, he says. So it, this is our resource. And the greatest resource of your life or my life is not ourselves. It's not our education, it's not our background, it's not our resources, it's not our money, it's not our status, and our privilege or whatever else we've got. That's not the greatest resource of your life. Our greatest resource is God Himself, amen. But unfortunately, we we usually turn to God when we get to the end of our own selves. And you know, it's when we're empty that sometimes we realize we need to be filled with God Himself, amen. And there is a process here, and I want you to see it with me. There's a divine process that you see right throughout Scripture. That God allows us to get to the end of ourselves so that we can find more of Him. When we are empty of self, we find more of Him. Amen. When we are empty of our own abilities and ideas and strengths, then we turn to Him and receive what He has got for us. When we are down, as far as we can go down, then He lifts us up. You know, when we are weak, as weak as we can be, then we are given strength. When we're without hope, He gives us His new beginning. When we are broken, He restores us and puts us back together. When we are sick, He will heal us. When we are in need, He will provide for us. You see, help comes when we have often reached the end of ourselves. The only time that God gave that widow the uninterrupted source of oil was when she had none left. And I think you might say, well, why didn't God do these things before? There's a purpose. The purpose is we must learn that we are drawing from God. We must learn that we are in need of God. So sometimes God allows us to go to the very end of things, allows us to run out of our own resources and strengths and abilities so that there we turn 100% to God and said, I can't do this. And that's when we start to learn that we can do more with God than we can do on our own. That's when we learn that what is going to be done is going to be done by God. And we can't take the glory for it because we were so clever and we were so strong and we were so able and we were so well-resourced. That we're going to give the God the glory because as far as we're concerned, this would not have happened if it weren't for God. That's why we come to the end of ourselves. Look through the Bible. That's what God was doing with Gideon when he said, you know, send these guys home, send those guys home. He sorted them out so that they knew when when victory came, it came from God, not from themselves. So God often takes us, allows us to get to the end of our own personal strength and resource so that there we can discover what we have forgotten, discover what we should have already known, that God is there for us. And that He's going to give us victory. But not with our own strength, with His strength. Amen. So our problems bring us to a place of dependence. And, and Psalm 116 says this in verse 6. God takes the side of the helpless. When I was at the end of my rope, He saved me. I love that idea. I just love it. You see, when you've run out, that's when we often find God. That's where we find Him. That, your greatest miracles are going to be found at the end of your rope. Your greatest miracle is going to be found when you don't have an answer. Your greatest miracle is going to be found when you're at your weakest. When, you're, when you think, that's it, I'm finished, I'm down, I'm out. There's nothing else. That's when the miracle happens. God is there for you. Amen. If we will turn to Him in faith and believe, God is there with His strength for us. So if you are at the end of your rope right now, you're in the place of the miracle. Amen. Amen. If you've run out of resources and you think, I don't know what to do. I don't have any answers. I I don't even have the ability to do it. I don't even know I'm going to get up out of the chair and face it. You are at the place where God can break in and bring his strength, his ability to you right now. Amen. So if you're sitting there and you're you're wondering and you're anxious and you're concerned and you're thinking, what's happening? Where am I going to go? And uh, and what's happening? Listen, turn to God right now. Even while you're listening, this turn your heart towards God right now and say, God, you know where I am, and you know I don't have what it takes, and you know I feel vulnerable here, and you know I don't have solutions, and just begin to pray and say, God, I'm receiving your strength right now. I'm receiving divine strength. You are there for me, God. You want to strengthen me, Lord. You're going to help me in my time of trouble. I don't look to the world. I look to the Lord from whence cometh my help. Amen? Just begin to do that now. His strength is available, no matter how difficult your situation, so that you can stick it out and come to victory. Amen. This is a strength, Paul says to us, unto, and I like this idea, it's a strength unto, or takes you to, patience, long-suffering with joyfulness. (laughs) Uh, I don't know about you, but patience is not something that comes easy to me, you know. Uh, and, and let's face it, I think most of us have a little bit of a problem with patience because what we want to do is just get up and fix it, right? You just get up and do it. And you, you're, well, why are you just sitting there patiently? Why don't you do something? You know, just just do it. Just do something. Anything. Just do something. But you see, there comes a time when you've done all that you tried to do and all you can do, and still we haven't fixed the problem. We're still where we started from. And so what what Paul is telling us There is a divine process at work. There's a divine plan at work. And when you get to the end of yourself and you turn to God and He begins to give you strength, there's something happens inside of us. We start to change. He's transforming who we are. There's a patience that comes into our life we never had before. There's a long suffering comes into our life that we never had before. Because now we are we are we're being transformed in our character. It's I suppose when you talk about patience and long suffering with all joyfulness, is it is it a coincidence that these are fruits of the Spirit? Or perhaps this is the process by which you receive patience and long-suffering with all joyfulness. Maybe what we're going through and God is permitting to happen in our life right now is not just so that we turn to Him and receive His strength and know that He is the one that's going to bring us through and He cares for us and He's there for us. But also, perhaps there's something else going on. In doing this, maybe God is changing us. Maybe something's happening in our life right now. Maybe we're going to come out of this better people than we went into this because God has a work that He's working in us. And if we don't quit, but if we look to God, receive His strength, then something's going to change in us, be transformed into us. And the very fact that Paul says that this strength of God is working towards patience, and long-suffering. It gives me a hint, you see. If you say to somebody, be patient, isn't there implied in that statement that something's coming? I mean, if your kids come in and say, where's dinner? And you just say to them, just be patient. Well, you've just told them dinner's coming. All they have to do is wait for it, right? You wouldn't tell someone to be patient if there was no dinner coming, would you? You wouldn't say, "Uh, well, be patient. That would be cruel. If you said, be patient, and then they say, where is it? So, well, actually, we don't have any dinner. What's that to be patient for if nothing's coming? Why would you patiently wait for a bus that isn't coming? Patiently wait for a train that's not due. It's, it's, patience is wasted. You, you are patient for something that you know is going to come. And so what the Apostle Paul is saying to them, you, you need to be patient now. The power of God's coming into your life, and, and just, wait. Hmm? just wait. Just wait. Just wait. Just wait. Because good things are going to come. That's why patience is, is, is connected with, with uh, long-suffering, with joyfulness. Because just wait, it's coming. Hang on a bit longer. Are you there yet? No, but you're closer than you were before. And the power of God is going to enable you to get there. And when you get there, you're going to rejoice because something good is coming your way. Amen. Amen. It's coming your way. We have strength that's given to us so that we can patiently wait for the outcome of what God has got for us. See, So we persist with a purpose. See, We endure despite restrictions knowing that we are coming into something we've never known before. So you have a circumstance that pushes you to the edge where you think there's nothing. I'm going to fall into the abyss. There's nothing. I can't see anything. And he says, I will strengthen you. I'm there for you. I'm with you to help you. I'm going to help you to not just drag through it, but I'm helping you now. Now be patient. We're going to come through into something great. You're going to be a better person. Just be patient now and work it with me. Let me work it with you. Let me give you strength so that you can be transformed. Be patient now. You're coming through to a place where you will be joyful. Isn't that a wonderful promise of God? If you think you're out of strength and out of resource and you don't have what it takes, God says, turn to me. Come to me. I'm going to enable you to do it. Whatever it takes, I'll give it to you. If you need wisdom, you'll have it. Resource, you'll have it. Strength, you'll have it. Whatever the abilities you need, I'm going to resource it with you. And you're going to come through. Just be patient now and continue to practice the strength. And you're going to come through to a place of joyfulness. I think it's just fantastic. See, it's, it's, the biggest problem we've got here is self-defeat. Abandoning hope. Casting away of faith. When that despair enters, and you're not looking to God anymore, you've given up and accepted defeat, you're finished. It's all over. But what Paul is saying to you, don't give up. Just turn to God. So, so this is the, the patience that comes from the strength of God that believes that God is going to do something great. And once you begin to see that God is doing something great in your circumstance and you're receiving His strength every day, then you can get up one more time rather than stay down. You can believe again when you feel like giving up. You can persist when you run out of options and ideas. You can try again when you fail so many times before. You can move forward when you think that there's nowhere else to go. You can take one more step beyond your own ability. And there is the strength of God. And that's what many men and women have discovered, or men and women of God. When you come to the end, And you know there's nothing left in you. And you know that the next step, there's no next step. That you forget, I'm done. That's when God's strength takes you to the, your next step is a step of faith. Where you break into something new. That's when it's going to happen. So this is not just a, oh, I'm going to give you a little bit of help. This is life transforming. This is embracing a purpose of God and understanding more of the power and purpose of God in our life. It's a a deliberate intention of God that Paul is praying for here. A a divine expression of the plan of God in people's lives. A divine purpose is at work where character is shaped and behaviors are changed. Attitudes are adjusted and priorities are altered. Perspectives are all challenged here. In this moment where we, we don't have anything any of our own anymore. And God comes in. And that's why it's this work of God that's happening in our life. So he gives us this amazing Amazing experience, which we think is painful and difficult and frustrating. Which we think is, you know, why are you doing this to me, God? Why have you left me? Why don't I have anything? Why aren't you speaking to me? Why do you do this? And he lets it all run out. It's empty, gone. And that's when we can say, it's all over. No, it's not. That's not the end, that's the beginning. That's the beginning of trusting in God alone and nothing else. That's the beginning of discovering what God wants to change in our lives. That's the beginning of the new you. The new transformed you with your new understandings and your new level of faith and your fresh anointing of the Spirit. That's the new you. It's beginning, but it only begins where the old you is finished. Hmm? It's done. done. It's done all over, all over, all over, you know? Um, Many years ago, and it's a bit of a trivial illustration, isn't it? But preachers have to throw in an illustration every now and again, otherwise they feel so guilty. But we bought a coffee machine. Now, it wasn't an expensive coffee machine because I'm not a coffee snob, okay? So, I mean, I don't care. I think McDonald's coffee is pretty good. But anyway, I mean, that's how bad I am. But we bought a coffee machine, right? Because my wife drinks coffee, she doesn't drink tea. I drink tea, and uh, occasionally, once the moon turns pink, I'll have a cup of coffee. But we bought a coffee machine because we have our family come around, our kids are all coffee snobs, so we have a coffee machine, right? So we have this coffee machine, we had it a long time, but it started to make funny noises. You know, I don't care. I just keep putting the pods in and shoot. And I started making these weird noises. And then one day, the weird noises stopped. Just stopped. And the machine wouldn't work anymore. That was it. End of coffee machine. I thought, okay, just check it in the bin. You know, I'm done. But then I realized something. I realized when I got to the end of that coffee machine, and my wife looked at me and says, it's not working anymore. I thought that was it. But no, there was a plan. There was a plan. And she said, now the coffee machine is broken. This is the coffee machine I want. Ah, you see. You see, how wise. She didn't tell me that when it was working fully functional. She told me that when it had come to the end of itself. And when it came to the end of itself, the plan for the new coffee machine was revealed. And so, you know, we went out, we bought a new coffee machine. No, I can't tell the difference. But obviously it's better. Obviously it's more improved. But I did notice recently that it's starting to make a noise again. (laughs) And I figure that without saying anything, without asking any questions, there's a plan here. Now I'm not saying she sabotaged the coffee machine. No, definitely not. She's a woman of integrity. But I am saying that when you come to the end of something, there's often a plan for something else. And for you, you guys there who think, yeah, that's a typical female ploy, just look, at, look up at your television set and start thinking the amount of times you thought, I hope this thing starts going on the blink so I can get a bigger one. See what I mean? Yeah. Because that's sort of what happens in life. And it helps us to understand what's happening with God. We don't want to give away all these things because we're so attached to emotionally to our strategies. We're so attached to our ideas, we don't want to change them. We're so attached to our habits that we, we don't want anything to disrupt our lifestyle. So sometimes before God can change us, He has to get us to the end of all those things. To where they're not working anymore. To where we come to the abyss and we think, oh my God, I'm at the end of all. I don't know what to do anymore. And God has a smile on his face. He says, now I can work with you. Now I can give you the new coffee machine. And now I can do a new work in your life. Now I can show you something of me you never saw before. Now I can bring a strength to you you've never experienced. And a new level of faith you've never gone to before. Now I can do it. So this, this is not the end. It looks like it. Yes. It's the end. Chuck it out. But there's a beginning. There's a new beginning. And that's why Jesus says, He that endures to the end shall be saved. Saved. Made whole. Transformed. Changed. Healed. Wholeness comes when we come to the end. Wholeness is not something that, you know, is shoved in between the things of our life. We sometimes have to come to the end of things. And when we get to the end of things, then there's a new wholeness we never knew before. Remember what Paul says, I fought the good fight, I finished the race. You know why I love that? Because what the Apostle Paul is telling you is, he didn't say, I won, I, won, I came first. He didn't say that. See, we're obsessed with that. We're obsessed in our own ability and our own strength of coming first. And so we tend to think that there's one winner, and, and if you get the silver medal and the bronze medal, then, then you're the first loser and the second loser. But that's not God's way. See, there's no bronze, silver, and gold you just got to finish. I love this. It's not about doing better than others. It's about doing your best. It's not, a, it's not about obtaining something. It's about becoming something. Becoming a finisher. A finisher. A finisher, you know. And that's what God wants you to do. Become a finisher. That's what the book of Hebrews chapter 11 is about. Telling you of all those people who finished the race. Lifting them up as great people for us to look to in admiration because they are finishers. You know, in this season right now, just keep going with God. Just come beyond yourself into that new realm, that new thing God wants to do. Just realize you're finishing your course here. Go all the way through to the end. Don't stop. It's not finished when it's finished. All right? It's not the end when it's the end. Hmm? It's just a new beginning. Keep on going, keep on going, keep on going, keep on going. Well, I sort of have a lot more I could say that always preachers always have a lot more they can say. That's the problem with a lot of preachers, you know. But I wanna I wanna just take you one step further with this. See, because when when the apostle Paul is praying for these Colossians and he prays for them that they might have strength and endure with patience, etc., and come to joy, etc. He he then goes to verse 12. And if you have a look at verse 12, he says, always thanking the Father, he has enabled you to share in the inheritance that belongs to his people. Wow. Now now King James, I think, says, qualified. He's been qualified. So what Paul is now saying to you, you going through all of this, you come to the end. You realize there's no more. You turn to God now. This is a changing, changing, life-changing, personality-changing, transforming moment where your life is going to be changed in some ways and you as a person are going to be transformed through all of this by a work of God and a purpose of God that's going to be accomplished in your life. Now, look beyond that and see this. You are being transformed for an inheritance. Whoa. Why would you bother to do this, God? Why would you bother to allow these things to happen in my life just so you can teach me a spiritual lesson? Now, more than that, it's a spiritual lesson you need to learn so that you can become the greater purpose and the greater person that God has intended you to be. It's a step up, not a step down. It's not a step out of something. It's a step into your inheritance in God. God has placed an inheritance before you. No, I'm not talking about living in heaven. Yes, that's an inheritance. I'm talking about your inheritance now. That's what Paul was talking about. The inheritance of the sons and daughters of God. The inheritance of faith that we have. The inheritance of the work of the Spirit in our life that we, we were shaped for and fashioned for and prepared for. Step into that inheritance. It's It's yours. It's yours to receive it. And now, if you will endure, if you will go beyond yourself and just live in the strength that God gives you, if you'll have faith to believe that this is a process that's transforming you, you become more qualified to receive that inheritance. Amen. More qualified to be the person God has destined you to be. So we look beyond the present. We look with the eyes of faith. Not at the things that are seen, but the things which are unseen. We look at that qualification that we're going to receive to be better people. We look at that qualification that we're going to enter into the inheritance. God has something He hasn't given to you yet. You've received bits, but there is more. That inheritance unfolds in our Christian walk. Unfolds as we allow the Spirit of God to lead us into it. Unfold as we listen to the direction of the Word of God. It's an unfolding inheritance. And there is that before us. See, there's this process. Call it a journey if you like, call it a walk if you want. But I'm saying to you that what Paul is telling them is there comes to a time when you say, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. I don't know what to do now. I'm finished. And that's when Paul says, hold on. Look to God. When you come to the end of yourself, know that you're at the beginning of experiencing something from God that's going to shape you and prepare you and bring you to a new dimension of your inheritance you never had before. You know, i got to think, when I think of that, Wow. What is the church of Melbourne coming into? Amen. I've got to say, I think this is a moment of destiny for us. I really do. I think rather than the church being suppressed and rather than the church being eradicated, they've tried that for thousands of years, it doesn't work. Then I believe that the church is being prepared to rise up stronger than ever before. I believe the church is being prepared right now by God to be stronger people. I believe it's being prepared for a greater harvest. I believe it's being prepared for an increase in that move of the Holy Spirit. I think that following this, we'll come into something greater. Maybe this is the step to the revival we've been seeking. Amen. Come on. Come on. Colossians chapter 1, verse 12. And, I, and, I, and New Living Translation. Listen to this. Always thanking the Father. He has enabled you to share the inheritance. Come on, guys, we should thank Him for it. Amen. We should thank Him, not for the pain and suffering, but thank Him for the change that is happening through that. Thank Him for the strength that comes to us, that brings us through that. Thank Him for the inheritance that we're being prepared for and equipped for. uh, And thank Him for the good things that are around the corner. Let's in faith begin to say, thank you, God. Great things are going to happen. Amen. So Paul reminds us, I'm nearly done. I'm not like a preacher's nearly done. I actually am yeah, nearly done. Don't despair. Come on. Come on. Stick it out, but not grit. and Stick it out and say, I'm staying. I'm not changing. I'm not quitting. I'm not casting away my faith. I'm going to hold my course. I'm going to stay strong here with the strength that God gives. I found the limits of my own abilities, and now I'm living on God's strength. Amen. I have found the end of myself, but I have discovered something that I've never experienced before, the actual work of God in my life like never ever before in my life. And that's what's for us now, moving towards the greater things. And that's why even in difficult times, we can be joyful knowing stuff's happening, folks, stuff's happening in me, Stuff's happening around about us. You can't see it, but God is there. His work is happening. He's opening doors. He's preparing pathways. He's doing it right now. There's stuff going on, and later on when this is all over, I'm sure you will light up with joy and say, I never realized what was going on when I thought it was all over. It wasn't over. God had a new dimension and a new plan for me. Amen. What do you think those those three Hebrews felt when they were thrown into the fire? Oh, my God, that's the end of everything. Come on. Come on, if, if we we're going to throw you in a fire, you'd want to write your will and make a last call to mom, wouldn't you? That's it, it's all over. When they got in there, they found that God was there. And they reached beyond their own ability and found something from God that enabled them to do what they could not do. They walked around in that fire. You know? What do you think what happened to Daniel when they threw him in a lion's den? he came to the end of himself. He thought, that's it, it's all over. I'm done, you know. I'm lunch for a bunch of lions. But God was there. See, so many times, so many times in scripture, over and over again, there is this experience. And I want to say to you now please don't think what's happening to you is unusual. Please don't think somehow you're being mistreated or that you are not favored. Just see it as being this is normal, this is what happens. But you have something that no one else has. You as a child of God have a God who's with you. An outside source of strength no one else will ever know but those who believe. And a purpose is at work that no one can fathom or understand. And you're going to see it come to fruit and enter into a greater thing than you ever thought was possible. That's what's going on. And that's why Paul prays for them. Give them strength, Lord. Don't let them quit. You've got great things for them. Amen? I'd like to pray with you right now. If that's your circumstance, and I know it's not all of you. Some of you are sitting there eating your croissant and drinking your coffee and wondering what on earth is going on. That's good. I've been there. I'll be there next Sunday probably. But you know, there are some that this message is spoken to. I know the Holy Spirit has used this to speak into the hearts of some. And if that's you right now, why don't we just pray together? And if it's not you right now, it will be you tomorrow or the day after. Because this is just the way things go. So, Father, we just come to you right now. We open our hearts and thank you. We thank you for the work of God in our life. We don't like it. Sometimes we don't want it. But, Lord, you work for our good. You work for our improvement, for our strength, for our betterment. You are qualifying us daily through the challenges that we face to enter into greater aspects of our inheritance. You are there for us. Help us right now, wherever we are, to begin to draw by faith from the strength of God. Draw by faith from the strength of God. Let the power of God in the Holy Spirit just flow into our life, strengthening us with might in the inner man. Let it come right now, Father. We cannot do all things unless it's all things through your power that enables us. Father, we just receive right now that strength and power from Him who enables us to do what is impossible to do in our own strength. Let that strength flow. Let that anointing flow right now. Let that presence of the Holy Spirit become real right now in the lives of everyone who's reaching out to you, believing for that outside themselves work of God in their life. Thank you, God. Let your purpose be fulfilled. Let your people be strong, I pray. We receive it in Jesus' name.